Hi, I'm Patty. I'm Kim Michelle. And I'm Jill. Welcome to our podcast. It's a great day to talk. Because honestly, what day isn't a great day to talk? So join us in our conversation. A Great Day to Talk is brought to you by St. George Design. Offering complete website design, social media management, search engine optimization, Google and Facebook ad management, and many other digital and print marketing services. StGeorgeDesign.com And by Richardson Brothers Custom Homes, third-generation builders who have been building custom homes in southern Utah for over 25 years. They will take your dream home from concept to completion. Contact RichardsonBrothers.com Hello, good evening, all of our friends and relations out there, and to all of our friends and relations in here. It's so good to be back. We have been away for an unexpected brief hiatus. Yes. And um, we are missing our third half. (laughs) Our third half. See, that's how I do math. Yep. (laughs) Miss Patricia is left on a jet plane we don't know no when she'll be back again whoa oh, patty we'll we see you soon you went or something like that <laughs> we didn't coordinate that we quite just came exactly. up with that because we are on it but yeah uh, miss patty is away with uh, from us this evening she's um away to celebrate a grand celebration and so we want to wish her yeah, for and sure. Riley a safe and pleasant journey. They are, as we speak, flying in the clouds somewhere over the yeah, continent. Yeah, and they're going to be States. listening to some music when they could just be here listening to us sing. Right. I, I don't get it. It's, I don't honestly get backwards. it. Yeah. It's backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for sure. We'll see Patty. Um, hopefully we'll have her back next week. Um, we were gone last week yes, um, due to an unforeseen event, yeah. which um, our dear Kim Michelle knew was coming uh, she said goodbye to her sweet father yep and um was away for a funeral yep we missed her and um felt the need to take the day in respect and honor and um so kim michelle could do the things that she needed to do and we are i am sure glad to see you my friend ah thank you today's our first day to see her she's back today yep in um full swing of things which means you know crazy day at school Mm -hmm. getting back into the groove which after a loss is a really difficult thing Mm -hmm. and um so we're glad to be back yeah we are and having a conversation together and talking together um kim michelle Anything you want to share right off the bat? Well, I just, uh, I think that when someone passes, it's always a good opportunity to just be in reflection around not just their life, but your life as well. And um, I know that we're going to spend some time on this podcast talking about some learning and awarenesses that I've experienced uh, the loss of my stepdad just almost 60 days to the day that my dad passed and then the passing of my dad and um but most importantly I just want to acknowledge him Stanley Everett Deatter uh 84 from Nova Scotia and um he was just a great dad. That doesn't mean that 
not everything he did was great. Right. right? Because after all, um, we're, we're human. human. Yep. Yeah. And he would be the first to say that uh, by all means, he um, was not perfect in any way, shape or form. But I will tell you this, he um, adored his children, even if he didn't always know how to express that. And I always felt a deep love and appreciation for my dad. So um, and I don't think anything replaces that. It doesn't matter what I learned when my mom passed was it doesn't matter how old we are we only have one mom or one dad. Yeah. And there's no, there's no getting around it. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And if you're, if you're lucky, um, maybe you have some bonus parents thrown in there. Like I did with our sweet stepdad, Keith. Yep. Uh, and at the same time, that is a relationship that is not to be replaced. I don't think Absolutely. it's designed to be replaced. Um, and so uh, it was a bitter, it was bittersweet. I'm glad that he is not suffering and that he is not in pain. And I feel so honored that I had the opportunity to really work on his obituary and speak about him and his life and learned so many things about him that I honestly did not know (laughs) at this stage in my life until I started to dig in there a little bit. And I think that's part of where we're gonna take this um, conversation today. Most importantly, I just uh, would want to take the time to honor him and the man that he was and the father that he was and the brother that he was, his siblings adored him tremendously. And he was especially close to his mom, his, uh, what, who we refer to as nanny, um, and just adored her deeply and she, him. And, um, so for that, for that relationship, I'm just profoundly thankful. Um, I read Keith's obituary. Can I read your dad's? Sure. You wrote mm-hmm. this and it's incredibly beautiful. Our friend Kim Michelle has such a gift with words, with language, but putting meaning and in motion and, and all of the things that good writers do together. So Stanley Everett Deatter, dad, grandpa, brother, uncle, friend, and beloved husband, Passed away surrounded by family on December 31st, 2021 in Orem, Utah at the age of 84. Stan was born in Nova Scotia, Canada on August 30th, 1937. One of nine children born to Basil Everett Deatter and Udavila. Did I say that right? Udavila. Udavila. Bernice Varner. Stan shared a love of horses and camping with his dad, which might explain his appreciation for old Westerns. He adored his mom, even kicking a salesman out of their home once for being rude to her. He loved and was loved by his family and siblings and from them earned the nickname Talks for his ability to talk to anyone about anything for however long you wanted to talk. Stan married, please say your mom's name. because Danelda. Danelda, it's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I just know her as mom. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Louise Sanford in Nova Scotia in 1956. In 1961, they moved with their two young children to Utah. That would be you and Mm -hmm. Chris. Mm -hmm. My older brother, Chris. Yep. 
um, to Utah, where they had five additional children. After raising their children and more than 40 years of marriage, they divorced. Stan spent years working in the office equipment industry, including extensive travel throughout the Western United States. Stan opened the Deatter Shop in Orem, specializing in office supply retail and repair services. He loved to spend time there fixing things, talking with clients, and creating solutions that required out-of-the-box thinking, all the things he was so talented at. The last years of his professional life were spent as the administrator for Advantage Home Healthcare, which he loved. Stan spent 23 years coaching boys basketball, baseball, and girls softball teams. He was a huge fan of BYU basketball and the Utah Jazz. I wonder where you get it from. Yeah. <laughs> he loved a good competitive game of racquetball and, while some might not call it a sport, he might beg to differ, a good night of card playing. <laughs> In April 2006, Stan met his true love, soulmate, and his favorite chocolate chip cookie maker in the whole world, Carol Ann Tymon. What began as an email communication resulted in a first date that lasted eight hours as they talked about the things they had in common, including their shared birthday month of August, their mutual love of their native Canada, their respective grown children, and perhaps a one-sided conversation about those cougars <laughs> and the upcoming season. They married shortly after they met when you know, when you know, you know, on June 10th, 2006. One of the things Stan loved was genealogy and family history. With Carol, they served a 28-month family history mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He also spent time discussing family history with his much-loved nieces in Nova Scotia. Stan is survived by his wife, Carol, his children, Chris, Karen, Deatter, Kim, Michelle, and Scott Pullen, Stephanie and Stephen Ellison, Kevin Deatter, Craig, Steph Craig and Stephanie Deatter, Tyler Deatter, and Tiffany and Michael Erickson, and by Carol's children who loved and adopted Stan from the beginning, Kathy and Alan Colton, Ron and Shannon Hendricks, Greg and Angela Hendricks, Julie and Steve Palmer, Paul and Marianne Tymon, Missy and Ryan Hartman, Todd and Jessica Tymon, Matt and Courtney Tymon, and Stan was the gra proud grandpa of 58 and great-grandpa of 33. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Stan is preceded in death by his parents, siblings, Roy, Loretta Deatter, Ron Deatter, Doris Wanamaker, Marjorie Don and Don Welton, Sandra Deatter, and is survived by siblings, Joyce Alders, Harold Deatter, and Patsy Dana pinch of Nova Scotia. And now your pain has ended, Stan, and as our sorrow runs deep, we are comforted by the wondrous rejoicing taking place in the glorious reunion with those who have been awaiting your arrival on the other side. While the voice of Stanley Everett talks, in quotations, deatter, may seem silent on this side, the words spoken of him by those who know and love him We'll continue the conversation until we can meet again. Good night for now. Caring, giving, loyal, compassionate, honest, generous, mischievous, huggable, sports-loving, card-playing, greatest brother, gentle dad, loving grandpa, and eternal companion. And then 
funeral service information. Yeah. It's beautiful. Kim uh, Michelle. Thank you. <laughs> it's beautiful. And what a tribute to your dad and the legacy that he leaves. And I mean, like I've said before, and like many of us have said, I believe and we believe his greatest legacy was you and the <laughs> kindness and the generosity and the love that you share for all of Aww. us. So thank you. And thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really sorry that this has been the last 60 days of, of what you've experienced. And I'm glad you've had the opportunity to be with family and with those that you love and to share in the memories that unfortunately sometimes only come out when we gather together to yeah. share memories of someone that's passed on. Yeah. And you know, there's, um, your birth family and then there's the family that you have that is not part of that birth. You know, we have a lot of, um, members of our family that have come to us outside of the traditional birth or sure. through blood. Right. Um, and the sweetness that my family of Jill and Patty have demonstrated to me and to my family during this period of time is has just been so um, appreciated and meant so much to me, not unexpected, you know, um, that's how we are. And, um, but it's, so appreciated and it's such an important part of our life out there to appreciate all of those relationships and what they bring into our life and I just thank you so much for being there and bringing food and all of and just whatever whenever however uh, the constant checking in and just saying, where are you at? How can we love you more? How can we support <laughs> you even more? Has really just been so appreciated. Well, so thank you, my dear friend. No, thanks needed. It's what we do for the ones we love. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, for sure. So, well, what, what are, what is the most amazing moment you remember with your dad? Oh, there's so many moments, but one of the one definitely card playing i mean he got that from his family uh, they were wicked card players i mm -hmm. mean that they just uh i remember even as a young child going back on visits to nova scotia and it was all about card playing um but even in our family we i i can't tell you how many hours we spent playing rook <laughs> which is a card game and i i didn't realize until after my dad would always say after he won a big hand, he'd say, you know, come again, you come so sweet, which <laughs> I, 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 we would laugh about it. We'd say it all the time in our family and then laugh because it's such a corny saying. I did not realize, I did, honestly, until after my dad had passed, that that was his cue that you were supposed to lead back with the same suit. I, I didn't know that all these years. Oh. I've been a terrible partner to my dad playing cards because I did not know that that's what that wow. phrase was supposed to mean. I thought he was just saying, Kim Michelle, you're, you're such a rock star. Good Good, good, good card job. playing there. <laughs> oh my gosh. But one of the most, um, you know, my dad used to wake us up in the morning by singing, 
the cougar f- rise and shout oh, the cougars are out and on their way to fame and glory and we'd all be you know oh, dad and putting the pillows over our heads you know and everything but we all really remember that and um going to those football games uh, it would be even pouring rain and we'd be in our coats and in our gloves and all bundled, all up. bundled up and we'd have a trash bag over our head working <laughs> as a, a raincoat and all you could see with this little face popping out of the of the trash bag and you'd wiggle your toes every once in a while to make sure that they hadn't fallen off and you're blowing on your fingers to make sure you oh, know wow. um and the idea of, you know, maybe should we leave? Uh, th- those words would never even be smo- spoken, you know. I mean, we were um, true blue. And I mean, literally blue. We were freezing blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we would wait until the game was over. And then we'd all pile into the car and we're all dripping wet. And then my dad would let every single car ahead of him out of the oh, parking lot that's hitting me he just that's just how nice he was yeah that's wow. just how he was you know and he's in the car with his kids and he traveled a lot and he didn't have i don't think he had that those many moments when he had the kids sure. in the car like that and i think he was okay being nice and letting somebody else go and extending his time with the kids even though we were all in there going (laughs) (laughs) so uh that's definitely a very oh very very fond memory yeah of my dad i love that yeah and when you think about okay so i have to ask because you you said that about the cougars was he a fan of the cougars before he moved here from nova scotia no so when um so the history around that is they were living in uh, moncton new brunswick at the time and they were approached by the missionaries there and they were converted they were the missionaries of the church Church of of jesus christ Christ of latter-day saints yeah and they were the first two converts in the whole city of forty-five thousand people your mom and my dad dad. Mm -hmm. how many people Forty-five thousand. wow yeah and um so once they converted then the missionaries supported them in coming to utah and um, the opportunities that might exist there, so here. And so they uh, both emigrated here with just, uh, we have no family here. They're all back in Canada. It's just been my mom and my dad and then our siblings. That's, and then now our kids, you know. Right, modern day uh, pioneers. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And so he went to BYU when he first came and worked for Provo office equipment in, um, on center street in Provo. Are they still there? Uh, they aren't now, but he eventually did. He worked there on and off and then, uh, stayed in the office, um, equipment industry, his 
working years until he went to Advantage Home Health Care. But so many, he eventually bought out that owner when he retired uh, and he had hey. it. Yeah, so many memories of us going down there and just breaking a lot of stuff so that he would have <laughs> something to always do because that's what kids do. They give you something to make your life feel like you're doing something. And so we gave him lots to do. There you go. And he was very particular about having all of his parts neatly in individual drawers. And there was nothing more fun for us than to go and open those drawers and just mix everything oh. up. And oh. boy, so many uh, memories of just spinning on those office chairs, spin, 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 until you would walk off of them then. And then you were so dizzy, you couldn't even right. walk. Right. And then going out right outside the storefront and watching those parades down town Provo oh, on Center Street and wow. we would just go right outside the office there and watch those parades Holy cow. just you know really that fond kind of memories yeah small town. it was Americana yeah. uh, you know so much of what I think there and those shared memories with we ha I have six siblings in my family um, and I shared so many memories uh, with them uh, the older ones especially by the time the younger ones came we i was off to college sure. and but uh love them all dearly they're all wickedly funny um and um relatively smart <laughs> uh, says the oldest daughter because that's how we have to roll well yeah I we mean, have to yeah, claim our, our exactly. You got to put your stake in the in the in the ground. That's right. You know, that yeah. Is my flag on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> smart. Yeah, and when, even when things were difficult with my parents uh, on both sides, I think that they loved their kids the best they knew to do that right. while they were struggling, maybe in their relationship. So, um, and I'm really glad that for both my mom and my dad, that they were really able to find someone later in their life that could really show them that loving relationship that mm. they deserved to have. Right. So, you know, Carol, my dad's um, wife, she was just such a good soulmate with dad. They just had so much in common and she liked to cook and he loves to eat, you know, so. Great combination. Yeah. He loved Westerns and she would pretend maybe that she did. <laughs> I don't know that she particularly did, um, but they just found grace with each other that maybe in those years that's you're ready to find that now right 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 so um just i really feel blessed that uh, i have parents that loved me and that um they were both able to find love for them with a partner right you know because i think everybody deserves that that's true yeah what a beautiful thought and tribute. Yeah. To your Thank dad. you. Thank you for giving me this time and um, the opportunity to speak about my dad. And uh, if your dad is still here, don't hesitate to speak to him and tell him that's the one thing that I have no regrets around. My dad absolutely know, knew that and knows yeah. that um, I adore him and love him and 
even though not perfect, that's perfect to me. Right. right. The perfect dad for me. Yep. And um, so I'm glad he's not suffering. I'm glad he's not in pain. But gosh, I'm just going to darn miss him. Yeah. Yeah. As as is our job. Yeah. Right. And as yeah. is the job of grieving. Yeah. Sure teaches us a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, it just in reminiscing and some of the things that you learned as you've gone through this process of, you know, overseeing and helping plan and create his memorial and his funeral and writing his obituary on the same situation with Keith before your stepdad. And, and, you know, I found this to be true for me when my mom passed and I found it to be true when Kate passed too, Yeah, is this, um, sudden need to hold on to all of the memories and to learn more about them. Yeah. And how valuable we find in those times of separation, the information that we can glean and learn yeah. about our people. There's comfort there. Absolutely. Right? Comfort. Like, gosh, I'm still learning things about them. So they're still part of my experience now in this right. life, even though they may not be in this life with me because I'm still learning. They're still um, here. Yeah. I hear these stories here. and I can feel and yeah. hear and touch and yeah. all of those things. So we were talking about, you know, the idea of family history. And one of the things that you wrote about in your dad in his obituary was that he was a huge family history guy. Yeah. And genealogy and doing all of the collection and storytelling and writing down of of the historical pieces of your ancestry. Yeah. And I, and I shared this with you earlier that, um, all, everything in our life happens so that we have the opportunity to learn something from that experience. And one of the things that I shared with my husband, uh, is that we, we have not necessarily prepared our children for when we're not here mm -hmm. with those stories and all of that, those kinds of things. Um, my, I did not know that my dad's nickname was talks. I, I didn't spell it, spell it. T A L K S. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I should have known because I am his daughter. So that <laughs> totally makes sense. Right. But I did not know that until I was reading some working to put um, my talk together at, for the funeral services and working to put the obituary together. I was reading as much as I could find and and pull from uh, cousins and aunts and uncles and all of that kind of stuff. And um, it was in one of the sisters tributes to my dad that had been written a few years ago. She referenced it. And that was the first that I the first that I kind of knew about that. And I feel like my dad, who was a genealogist and so valued family family history was like the cobbler who had no shoes, <laughs> uh, not the, like the peach cobbler or the berry cobbler, but the <laughs> shoe cobbler. Um, and that that's kind of where he was, that a lot of our family history, not in terms of dates and timelines and who belongs to 
to whom, although that is probably part of it. Sure. But the stories, where did they come from? Right. You know, we always to say, make reference to my dad being stronger than the piano man. There's a specific reference and he would always say it, of course, mm-hmm. but there's a specific reference that, that where that came from, where did that come from? What, what is the story behind that? And I don't know if my kids know the story about how I fought to be in relationship with their dad, you know, that yeah. I, what that was like right you know that journey for you yeah exactly because i don't know that we have written that there for them somewhere and they might not ever want it but they might right and we have not created that for them yet and i think part of that is because well i'm going to be here another 50 years so (laughs) i don't need to easily worry about it right now but the truth of the matter is that you don't know right and so, and I'd like them to know, I'd like them to know some wonderful, amazing things about their dad that maybe they don't know. Right. And I'm sure he has thousands of stories <laughs> that he would want Every to share with them. one amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And about them when they were young, you know, about huh. each one of our children. And I just think what a powerful gift to be able to give all of them to have some of those things documented and including the timeline and including the medical history and including just the stories. Yeah. That's the, that's one of the things we talked about, you know, you know, my mom passed young, young, I don't care what anybody says, but I think your very early seventies is very young, very young, especially when you don't anticipate that. Yeah. And, uh, Young so, and sudden. Yeah. I mean, young and sudden. Yeah. Young and sudden. Young and yeah. sudden. And there are so many things that even now, something as ridiculous as, okay, mom, how was this for you when you were in menopause? <laughs> even though I was in my 20s, when she went through menopause, I was too busy giving her a hard time and living my own life and not really caring about much more than what I was doing yeah. to really acknowledge or pay attention to that, you know health things. I know a lot of stories about her from when she was younger and I don't, but I don't really know enough. Yeah. And it's, you know, the same thing with our other relationships with our family members and our friends. And I really recognize the perspective now of what maybe my siblings remember about my mom versus what I remember because we were in almost two different families. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so understanding what they knew about my mom is very, or, and their experience is very different from mine. And it's the same with my dad. It's funny because, you know, with the deaths that I've experienced the last couple of years, that has been something that's you know, we've talked about this. What memories do we have? What stories do we have? Yeah. Just last weekend, you know, having a conversation with Ethan and Max about when they were born, you know, and the, and what happened when they were born is, you know, I, I don't want those stories to be forgotten when 
I'm gone. Yeah, and I, I actually I need them to be told now because Scott is the one that is the recorder of like weights and events and things measurements like that. and right. you know he remembers all of that about the the kids. I guess I was preoccupied at the moment of the birth and I don't <laughs> remember those specific details, but he really does, and yeah. so I just. If they don't ever want it, then what's the harm in them having it available sure. to them? Yeah. And if they really do want it and you haven't documented any of that, then I think that's sad. I think that's a sad day. Yeah. You know, I really treasure that I'm Tox Deatter's daughter. Yeah. It um, is a moniker that I'm going to proudly I'm going to step out of my shyness now and I'm going to become a talker. <laughs> for the Stop it. Uh-huh. I'm here to step out of your shyness, Kim Michelle. That's exactly what I know you're going to do in 2022. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, but it'll always make me feel like I have another little... Mm. With my dad. Base, a you connection. Yeah. yeah. Another special connection. You know, one of the things that I'm very, very grateful for is my Auntie Rita, who is my mom's younger sister. You know, my mom developed dementia her last couple of years and ultimately died from infections related to that. And there are now three out of the four siblings that have mm -hmm. dementia. My youngest or my mom's youngest sibling doesn't. My auntie Rita, we call her auntie great. Um, was, I mean, she's still alive. I auntie great. Auntie G R E A T. Uh -huh, because oh, she's the boys. How she's, awesome is that? She's the boys. Great grandma or a great auntie. And so she's auntie great. Yeah, I she's love that. auntie great to everybody. But and everybody needs to know why exactly. why that is. That's right? exactly right. And yeah. she's always the one that has done the detailed family history and spent so much time. And my cousin Amy, who um, lives in Washington, she has picked up that mantle years ago and she and auntie great have worked closely together. And I'm so grateful that auntie did that and that my cousin Amy is still involved in doing that. Yeah. And, and you know, I was telling you about my sister, Karen, who loves, to, and I, and in my years as I age, I love to do this too. I love to read our family histories, mm -hmm. the stories yeah, about the our stories, people. Yeah. Right? the people that we know and have relations with their relationships with and are connected to. And Oh my gosh, she told me, and I would have never known had Karen not been interested and figured this out that my great, 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 great grandfather on my dad's mother's side. So on the maternal side, he was BFFs with um, Brigham Young and was one of the first, um, what do we call them? Distillery guys. What? In Salt Lake City, Utah. He and his three wives. Right? I have, yeah. so I have polygamous on one side and polygamous on another. But anyway, Karen was on her way home from work and get got in her car and she heard 
and she listens to NPR like the rest of the nerds of, of us do. Yeah. And okay. <laughs> um, caught the tail end of this commercial of Hugh Moon Distillery and this new white whiskey. And she's like, I know that name. I know that name. She got home from work, looked up on her family history account and she, oh my gosh, that's right. I just read about him. And so he was BFs with Brigham and Brigham wanted a piece of the distillery business and sent Hugh and his wife down to St. George for the winter. And like the story is so cool. Yeah. Right. And so now there's this uh, white whiskey that's made after my ancestor. And just in that conversation with Karen, I mean, I would have never known that had, you know, we not talked about it, had someone not done the work to uh, put that somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, not that my life has any kind of exciting things as being <laughs> a distillery owner. Well, your life is not over no. yet. And, so. and at the same time, like, I'm sure he was doing it at my age, at 54, when you were a pioneer, it's like you had to be doing something because yeah. it wasn't, you, you know, your life expectancy, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But... Just, I mean, I think about the things that I, I love knowing now and wonder what my sons would like to know. And not only my sons, but whatever future sweethearts they have in their yeah. lives. Or their kids. Or whatever future children they decide that they might have yeah. would like to know. The next generations. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you don't know that you want to know it until... You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yep. And when you're busy in your life and, and you're younger, that seems like so old and farty. It is right? old and farty. And so... And superfluous uh, to all yeah, the things that are really, 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 really to my important. life right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just... Uh, my hat's off to... Tracy. So thank you, Tracy, and a couple of my other nieces, because they're not young. No. I mean, they're not old and they're not, right. They're young, but they embraced this family history. And my same dad so loved just um, the same with sharing and talking to them. And, and I'm so glad because a lot of what we have now is because the of work. their yeah, yep. of what they stepped into. So thank you for that. Uh, and it just really, I told Scott that even if our kids don't think that they would want to know now, right? their kids may want to. Yeah. Or whatever that generation is. Yeah. And even if that never were to happen, we may have a deeper appreciation about who we are right. when we document it for ourselves. Well, honestly, when we think about how things are definitely passed down in families, mm -hmm. and we know that so much is definitely passed down genetically, whether it's past experiences, yep. whether it's, you know, traumas, et cetera, those things are part of who we are. Doesn't matter. It's yep. like we are connected at the core. Yeah, I, my sister and my dad uh, for Christmas this year, my sister worked really hard at putting together my dad's history. My dad is the most, I'll just stand off and away from it. I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't like to talk about myself. I don't like to do any of that. 
And several years ago, we had all encouraged them, look, we need you to, we want you to do this. And my sister Susie took up the mantle and really worked with him and got an amazing history from my dad. And um, it's definitely something that on my dad's side of the family, I mean, a lot. my grandma, my mom's side is crazy with Auntie Great. My dad's family were, they were also very into recording family history, yeah. like from the language, from the words. So, so, um, so much of my dad's history is his voice. Mm -hmm. She just wrote it down. Oh, wow. So it, it, you hear my dad talking in it and it's the same with my grandparents. You hear their voice in the writing. Mm -hmm. And I just, I mean, I just want to encourage myself <laughs> mostly because it's one thing, like you mentioned, it's not something that you've set or we've intentionally prepared to leave for our kids. Mm -hmm. And when I'm dead and cremated and floating around somewhere, you know, I want my boys to feel some or he, remember me, yeah. and, you know, if and if, feel connected still. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Like you do with your dad. Like yeah. I do with my mom. Mm -hmm. Like I do with my Kate, like, uh, like we do with the people that are so part of who we are. Yeah. So even if it's a matter of just turning on your uh, recorder on your phone, your memo recorder on your phone and having a conversation, I, I, I can say that if I still just had one recording of my mom's voice mm. on my messages or one recording of Katie's voice on my messages, just that voice would trigger so many stories. Mm -hmm. And so taking the time just to record a story on your own phone, on your own phone, yeah, you know, to share I know you're, you may not want this later, but I'm going to forward this to you. Here's what I remember about when you were born. Yeah. And take it or leave it. Take or it or leave it. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. No expectation, no responsibility around it, but just here's what I would want to share with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't think I think it, that's beautiful. I don't think it has to be this great big elaborate project that is all time and consuming. I think even just recorded messages of certain moments that are those things that don't typically get written down. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that that is what makes our lives a living, breathing experience. Yeah. When I, when I was doing the talk and it was the life sketch, um, I said, this is not going to be a traditional life sketch because it's not going to be based on any kind of a timeline. It's going to be based on, it's going to be a memory sketch. It's yeah. going to be my dad and our memories. Um, and I think that's really what it's, what it's about. Yeah, yeah, that's the connection. And I think that's what this world needs um, so much right now, but even if it wasn't what the world needed, I think it's what each of us yearn for just in the hu human experience of life is to feel it, that connected moment. 
Um, and so I'm right there with you. I would encourage everyone to just, even the stories that you think, who would ever want to know this story? One of us will. Yeah. One of us mm-hmm. in the circle will. Mm-hmm. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. <laughs> we can turn any moment into a song. We truly can. Kim Michelle. Yeah. Uh-huh. Even a moment yeah, like this even a moment your papa. like this. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. And a shout out to Stephanie. She really, my sister Stephanie, is really the one who tracks this best of all of us. Yeah. And that's not an easy task. It's a pretty quick, it's a pretty big family. Yeah. But I even think if you have someone in your family who likes to pick up that mantle a little bit, you're helping them by everything you're willing to write and share in your words. I think that's powerful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful to hear words that are my dad's. Yeah. Even though my dad's still alive. Yeah. I wish I had that of my mom. Yeah. Greatly wish that. So Mm. friends, I love you friend. I love you too so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. And we put the challenge out to you, right? We do. We do. Send a message to someone that is a memory that you have of them. Yeah. What a beautiful treat that will be. Yep. Write it down somewhere. Tuck it away where it's found. You can do it. (laughs) And we are going to do it too. Yeah. Yep. All right. Thank you, everyone. Love and you. I love you, Dad. Stanley Everett Deatter. Peace be with you. Love you. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to It's a Great Day to Talk. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And until next week, get out there and talk. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.